Hello, welcome to Jesus TV and another episode of Jesus in this mess. And one of the messes we have to deal with as humans is we're wrong. And in fact, in the words that Jesus put into my heart to say to Justin Griffin, um, the fellow who helped facilitate who shot Joseph Smith, which ended him up, um, I think, getting excommunicated and on a different path. I loved um, Justin Griffin. I love his wife, Rebecca, and their family. I think they're... Um, they're awesome, um, and I know Jesus loves them. So, but um, Jesus has had me poke him occasionally, like on Facebook. And one time, I I wrote this. I, I do believe Jesus had me do this, but could be me. I could be wrong. Could be just me. But I I um, and I did this more than once, but a couple times. And I I took his post and I replied to it, whatever post it was, and I said, Justin Griffin. Um, like me, is so wrong. And I had all these O's, so wrong about so many things. <laughs> and I, of course, I accused myself of being wrong like that too. I just kind of left it there. You know, so you're basically, um, he, he has these followers. Oh, what's he wrong about? And I said, then my response to them was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's wrong about. We're all wrong about stuff. And so that's um, Jonathan and I, before we came on this episode, um, we were talking about uh, some plans we'd made, some people we met and so forth. And Jonathan said, you know, Greg, I, I get the feeling that all of us, um, this kind of collective that's been collecting, that we're, we're wrong about so many things. And, and it was just like, Nah, the choir singing it's like yeah that's what jesus tells me and and you think about it, it's just like a logical conclusion what we do currently in in medicine a hundred years from now is there a chance that we are going to be wrong about a few things we'll just go back a hundred years go back 200 years we what they were doing 200 years ago there's some stuff that was right but it was so wrong well what are the chances 200 years from now we're going to have the same conclusion about what we were doing medically in 2023. And you can take anything and go, oh, we were really going wrong. We had some things right. And so that's that's the frame that Jesus gave me. And, and it helps you be humble to, to realize we live in a single print of time in history, uh, just a very short period of time. And we only have so much time to learn so many things. And even if it's our specialty area, even if we spend a tremendous amount of time thinking and praying about it, we're usually a very small print and we can be right about some things. But the other things that we didn't study, what are our chances of being right about that? Um, but we can have opinions and those opinions, once again, are so wrong. So jo uh, Joseph Smith was the one that Jonathan was talking about, whom I love to think about how wrong he was about so many things. But I also like to think, oh, he's right about so many things. Jonathan, um, if you can introduce that thought or any give me thoughts you had about that well i was just thinking about um to kind of clarify what i was referring to i was thinking about um oh what was it was it uh well first you're accusing us of being wrong uh me would you write um and well, well, joseph um well um uh, well, he, he um, uh, you well, were the making the, 
Yeah, the, you know, the bank, the, um, he's going to go get his homes. Uh, here's Zion, he would declare to people, then they'd move and, and so forth. So people say, well, he wasn't wrong. Oh, did he secretly know that um, we're going to um, leave Kirkland, we're going to go to Nauvoo? No, that was later revealed to him. Uh, he was wrong oftentimes about, you know, he's human. So when we say this, both Jonathan and I love Joseph Smith, increasingly so, because our lives are matching up more and more with his kind of pioneering within a privatization of religion. Go ahead, Jonathan. Well, so the re the reason that I, I think I brought it up was that um, it's maybe I, I clarify um, what I meant by by wrong. It's like um, things don't work out. So 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 what'll happen sometimes I think is that um, you know it, it, there's a scripture that says that God works in mysterious ways. So that's that's what I've just found it, over time is it's like people will point a finger at some some movement or 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 something and they'll say oh they, that was all of the devil and it's like it's like there probably are a few like that you know it's like you know all the people who drank the Kool Aid you know and and uh, committed suicide that I don't see much light there you know but um, I mean there are dark people who are you know, prompted by the devil to do, you know, but it's like, but whenever you find a, whenever I find a movement that stays, so like it turn, ends up having a heritage. So like people for generations draw spiritual nourishment from that, that institution or that tradition. Well, then it's like, that kind of indicates to me that that causes me to want to look a little closer, like, well, they're finding something good here. So what is it? And yet, if you look at the history of any spiritual movement, it's fraught with what appears to be kind of a little bit of craziness. And that's where I was kind of going out with with um, talking about being wrong, is that it's like, you know, an, a, an even better example than than Joseph is to go back to Jesus Christ in his time. So, you know, there's this incredible thing that happens in the world that's changed the whole his history of the world, and that was Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ comes on earth, and according to all of the, you know, people who are around him, that at least the records that we have, the Bible, the New Testament, um, it's like, like actual miracles were happening, like people were being healed. Like it was, it must have been crazy to live through that, you know, like going to meetings and, you know, no, there's no food and all of a sudden there's food and it, it must have been just crazy. And then this Jesus is saying all these strange things that, that it's like, they don't make any sense. Like, you know, like I'm going to tear down the temple and rebuild it in three days and nobody knows what it means. And, you know, he's supposed to save everybody, but then all of a sudden he ends up getting killed like you know at the prime of his you know of his ministry and and then and then there's this crazy thing like he appears right and and then like all his disciples spend the rest of their lives the, at least it appears believing that he's going to come back in their lifetime you know and so we can look back and we can go oh they were wrong you know, he didn't come back in their lifetime. 
you know, he didn't, you know, things didn't pan out the way that they, that the founders were thinking. And, um, and of course the people who have no faith that can't understand a religious movement, who can't understand what, how God works in these mysterious ways, they use this to point and say, well, that was obviously wrong, you know, and they kind of have this like, well, if there's one thing that doesn't add up, then we can throw the whole baby out with the bathwater sort of a thing. But to me, it's actually a sign that God's moving. Now, in every instance that you find somebody doing something crazy doesn't mean that God's moving. But if I encounter somebody, I was thinking about this last night. If I encounter somebody in whom I find light, like I can feel it, then when they start talking crazy, I don't discount them. I don't throw them, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I listen. Because oftentimes these these religious experiences are um they, they it seems to me that God works through this strange symbolic world. And it, Long story short is, so I wanted to clarify that I don't necessarily mean that something's wrong. What I mean is, what I mean is that, um, that, uh, is that it, number one, it appears wrong from, from looking back. And number two, oftentimes the people who are having a religious experience don't know what it means or what's going to become because of it. Just the way the disciples didn't understand that Christ wasn't coming back in the clouds, the way they were thinking in their lifetime. So does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, that's right. And um, how we view and understand things um, comes line upon line. And so sometimes you get a line uh, but you don't get the other lines till later, and that's a wise purpose in God. So you you think, oh, here's how it's going to work, and you've made a mistake. It's a human mistake, you know. If God tells you, go get these plates, and I will make the way prepared for you, then you go and you try to get the the plates from Laban. It's a Book of Mormon story. And he tries to kill kill you or kill your brother. Well, then you would start questioning. Now, if you didn't question, Nephi basically like, no, we're still going to go get him because he just he knew how the Lord works, um, and he 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 declared his brothers didn't that that was their main problem. He, they didn't know like uh, so he would have us go three times. What kind of God is this? I mean, he he didn't say, oh, go try to kill. Um, Goliath three times. No, he didn't. We have it right here in our scriptures. Pick up some stones and, and kill him. So w this this defies everything we understand about God. Well, no, because you know he's a God of mystery. Oh, we, we don't even know what that means. <laughs> and that's your problem. Uh, and, and Nephi would probably say, I don't understand either, but we're going to go try it again. And 
And here's what we can do. We take all the second tray. We'll get all our stuff because we're not going to use it. It's in Jerusalem. We got lots of gold, riches. We'll take it to this guy. And obviously he'll see this is a good trade. And so that everybody can say, okay, well, that sounds like that's of God. That's a great idea. Well, they go do it. And, and this Laban has a better idea. I'm not going to give them the plates they're seeking. And I'm going to accuse them of stealing, and this is my stuff. And so he'd take their stuff, and who's going to thwart him? He'll, um, because these are um, not as powerful of people. So when the cops come, they've been saying, oh, this is all my stuff. Um, do you have receipts? <laughs> Nephi, nope. Um, so it's your word against his word. So on the third try, Nephi, it says, I went forth not knowing beforehand. So And he had to go by himself, so like his like his brother before him went for the first take, the second, the third take, he had to go by himself, not knowing beforehand. And so um, I could forgive Laman um, and Lemuel, their names, his two brothers that were kind of re recalcitrant. It's like, I don't understand. No, God wouldn't do this. And we're going to beat our brother with a stick, which they did. <laughs> and like uh, in a cave on the... Uh, on the return from the second thing or the escape from the second thing. And they, um, uh, so a lot of times God asks us to do things and he doesn't inform everybody on the team. So he's got one person on the team, like, I want you to go do this. And the rest have to follow this human being. And God will leave that human being vulnerable. Because, yeah, I thought it was going to work out the first try, too, but let's do it again. Oh, sure. That's how you fulfill prophecy. Let's try again. Let's try again. Let's try again. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, Nephi would say yes, because the Lord has told us that he'll deliver us. And, the, and Laman and Lemuel like, he didn't tell me. I don't, I, I don't get th that message. I'm just doing this because, you know, I'm part of your family and so forth. So, um Nephi starts looking crazy because he's saying he heard things in his head, all right, that he can't produce evidence of that. Oh, yeah, God told us to do this. Well, that's just a replay of kind of what his father experienced when his father in his head was told certain things in his heart and his head. Yeah, you need to leave Jerusalem because they're going to try to kill you, these people you've been preaching against. So he does. And his family does think he may have some mental illness. Uh, his wife says, you're a visionary man, and she didn't mean it in a good way. It's like, you're a little crazy. Um, and he said, I know I'm a visionary man, kind of sarcastically back at her. I know I'm a visionary man, but using, of course, the uh, not the pejorative visionary, but like the real, like, I, I know I've had these visions. And so God let, ha, had to let her go for quite a long time until these boys actually, she came back from their thing with the plates. Then she goes, now I know the surety because she's worried that she's going to lose these boys. Um, and because I guess it was a real worry. Um, even Nephi knew like, oh, yeah, this could, this could be dangerous. But I don't care if um, Laban has 50 people against this, uh, the guy they're trying to get the plates from, or 10,000. So he had this faith. But what happens when you're um, commingling people that have vision uh, and people who don't have vision, people who have very little faith, much faith. And this is the conundrum that God loves to do, um, bring people of different personalities, but also 
even the spiritual gifts, different spiritual gifts. So what Jonathan's talking about, like um, when he watches me and hear, hears me talk, um, I'm, I'm glad he has that, that power to be able to say, okay, but let me see if I can translate what Greg's saying, and maybe there's some truth in this. So I'll give you an example. I claim on Jesus TV that Jesus has baptized some songs. All right, now, Jonathan would know, well, he's using a parable. Baptized means like to kill him and then raise him up from the dead, uh, to redeem him. So I'll, I'll add more words. These are songs that are redeemed. So they were lovely and of good report and praiseworthy, but now they're more lovely. Well, what, what made them more lovely? They got more Jesus, more insertion of lyrics in particular into classic rock songs. And I declare Jesus has 2,000 of these. They're ready to come down to earth, and then I download them. Now, who, who uses that terminology within a religious um, discussion? Very few people, but maybe people who have watched The Matrix. Hey, Tank, download whatever it was, uh, how to fly a helicopter into Trinity's mind. So they were using kind of technical language. Well, oh, so to understand Greg, he might start using, like Jesus did, sometimes unfamiliar language within the religious tradition and leave people wondering, like, download? Do you mean revelation? Oh, yeah, God revealed this, these new lyrics. Um, and they aren't my lyrics. I'm, I'm not a songwriter. I'm a song whisperer. So, the, oh, I've heard of dog whisperer. I've never heard of a song whisperer. Oh, well, that's how the original artists themselves, you can have Stevie Nicks. She calls it a muse, whether you call it a muse or Jesus or the spirit. She says she has something otherworldly that she amuse. And then people who are writers like Jonathan, like, no, I've heard that term before, muse. Um, and so I guess I, I see what you're talking about. You're downloading uh, from an otherworldly source. Well, Greg, you're really saying the same thing that happens to Don Henley or Axel Rose, that, they, that we all have these voices, and they are from another world. So now I'm speaking a language, I saw Jonathan, speaking a language that's familiar. And, and so that's sometimes why we have to have patience. It's like, what, or actually ask, what do you mean by download? Oh, okay. And, and if you listen to me long enough, you, you kind of get it because I'll overlay familiar concepts. Uh, God reveals these songs. He redeems these songs. He, Jesus enriches them. Then you can look at the song itself and go, that's a good song. <laughs> at least the melody's good. You're like, well, yeah, because it already existed. Yeah, it was lovely. And Greg's saying these became more lovely. What, do they talk of Christ? Yeah. And, and so the, um, really what, I, um, what God gives me, if people listen very carefully, I'm, I'm very careful that if somebody said, well, what is that? I'm, I'm actually situated very strongly, even though I have a kind of this wild world, I, I, it's situated with, within a framework, the doctrinaires of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, and a lot of Christians that go, oh, it's doctrinally sound, you know, but he's just using different words. And some of them are pretty provocative. Uh, Jesus is a rock star, the rock of our salvation, the star that we should follow. And Greg is just a roadie. And it, um, Jesus lets him use the mic. Jesus is here. He's here in the studio. So Greg imagines a studio. Well, most Christians say, well, Jesus is, is with, within, within us and with us all. Um, though we ascend to heaven, though we make our bed in the depths, he is there. So technically what Greg's saying is true, but he's using this wild language, acting like Jesus really cares about these songs and that Greg witnesses them. Yeah, well, um, and, and if, if people think beyond just the imagery, they'll, they would start agreeing with the pattern. Oh, God, well, God does care. 
he, when I was doing T-ball, he cared that I hit that ball, but I didn't make a big deal about it. I'm like, Jesus was in the house with me when I hit the T-ball. We're not trained that way. So it's like Grace got this different culture that he's, he's doing, even this thing called Jesus TV. Why does, why does he just call it a Zoom session? Why does he have to call it Jesus TV and make stuff up? Because uh, Jesus told him to? <laughs> maybe. Or maybe he's wrong. Maybe this isn't Jesus TV. Um, and But Greg's, Greg's trained, he says, to not care. He's like, oh, that's fine. You, don't, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it God TV. You can call it just TV. You can call it Zoom. You can just call it a program. Because my friends, even the ones who are close to me, They'll say, hey, these songs that um, that you write, Greg, and, and it, it, I don't get mad. I, that's how they see it. Like, Greg didn't get these downloaded from Jesus. They're not using my language, though they would, all of them would admit, no, he inspires people. So, yes, technically that, that those are from you. And and it, and it just becomes an interesting interplay uh, for my mind to go like, um, even in your own house, you don't become a prophet. So your friends aren't like going to go. I'm not going to confess those are from God. How do I know they're from God? <laughs> How do I know I'm supposed to get the plates? And I'm fine with that. Um, like, cool, because this is just how I will speak of them. So I don't demand others use my language, um, nor do they demand I use theirs. But I do oftentimes. I have a friend who calls Jesus creator and the Christ consciousness. He's into something different. So we'll back and forth. Sometimes I'll say, oh, creator's watching over you. Creator's this. He knows, I mean, Jesus in my mind, but it could be something else. And then he says, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus told me to do this. Jesus told me to do that. So, um, but to, back to the fundamental thing, and I'll turn it back over to you, Jonathan, is I could be wrong. That's why, like when you were talking about that, Jonathan, see, it's freeing to know I'm just a human. And if, if, if we put ourselves back in school and graded ourselves, where are you, Greg? It, what grade are you? Every human is in kindergarten. There's a chance that kindergartners could be wrong about how things really are. And this is what God, that's a parable God has told me. You've never met a human who's not uh, in kindergarten. The smartest human you ever met may be a gifted and talented kindergartner, but they're wrong about so many things. But they could be right about stuff. This is, yeah, you, you need to go to the bathroom to go potty. Well, they're right about that. I mean, you know, unless... Jesus says, wet your pants because um, I'm going to do this, this thing. Like, okay, I, don't, I, I know I'm supposed to do that, but here I'm going to wet my pants. Uh, and uh, now, behold, um, oh, I was just making that other kid who actually did wet his pants. He's not alone. <laughs> Sounds like something Jesus would do. Um, I didn't need to wet my pants, but apparently now there's two pants wetters, and I took the pressure off Johnny over there because um, I'm okay. Like, oh, we both got in trouble. Um, but it's cool. So that sounds like something Jesus would do. Um, and uh, okay, Jonathan, hope you can hold your your comment, <laughs> your bladder, and your comment long enough. I've had a couple of thoughts, but I'll um I'll just hit the hit one. I think um, that maybe will be good. I don't know. We'll see. Um, it'll go a good direction if I can remember it. Um, so. Okay, so I think I think the struggle is that um, there's old things and then there are new things. So when you're trying to keep alive old things, then 
that's just what you're doing. And life is very concrete. Life is very, life doesn't get all crazy on you. You know, it's like, for example, you know, if you live in a world where everything human, where humans stick on the ground, okay, like, you know, you, you walk places, gravity holds you to the earth, right? That's kind of the history of the world. It's like you are, um, that's an old thing. And if someone were to tell you that humans can fly through the air like a bird, you'd say, well, you're crazy, you know? And if someone said, well, I'm going to try, you'd say, you're stupid, you know? Um, and if you said, I'm going to try, and I'm going to try to take others with you, with me, then people would say, well, you're crazy, stupid, and irresponsible, and a threat. So... Um, so unless you are the Wright brothers or one of the, uh, Jonathan, hold that thought, the Wright brothers, I need to turn off my daughter's phone. There we go. Thank you. That's all right. So, um, so basically, so so we when we start to talk about how knowledge advances. Now, there's the knowledge of the world, like which is what I'm talking about, like cars and automobiles and airplanes, right? Um, but even they, you know, when something new comes, a vision. You're talking about the visionary, something a vision, like you know the Wright brothers, like you know they're bicycle makers and like you know they're working out in their brain, which it's really incredible that they actually created a plane. Like I watched a little documentary on it. And it's like the fact that bicycle makers, like it's pretty, <laughs> like the ideas they were working with were pretty complex. Like, like, um, and so, so it's like, it's like looking into another world. And I wonder if it's like, when you start talking about the visionary, you have to get out of your mind. The idea we're talking about like wrong. We realize they were wrong. It'd be like saying, you know, well, the Wright brothers were wrong and all the failed attempts. The Wright brothers were wrong and all that. And it's like, no, they were inventors. That's what inventors do. They get it wrong. Yeah. And, like, and, <laughs> yeah and, and to tie the spiritual to that, see, God, to God, all things are spiritual. So he was working with the Wright brothers. This is what a religious person would recognize. Like he was work with them. You say, why would then... Um, he not just lead them straight to the working prototype rather than have to do these things. And that's where um, our understanding needs to increase about God. He works in the mess. Go ahead, Jonathan. Well, and I remember God saying to me once, you know, um, it was re with regards to my writing. It was several years back. And he said, um, I felt you could say a messenger, <laughs> um, an impression come to me and it, and the, I, I felt that there was a, a, somebody that came one morning, woke up and it was like, and there was a message and the message was, I wanted, I've come to encourage you that you are supposed to write for a living. 
So I'm actually supposed to write for a living. And this was a time when I was very discouraged in my life. And, um, and nothing was working out with making a living. And you are supposed to write for a living. Oh, okay. Because I had had many impressions, spiritual manifestations, etc., about my writing. And this guy came one morning to tell me, like, it's going to happen. And one of the things that was conveyed was um, this kind of feeling like, basically, I could just show it to you how to make it work and actually make a living at it. But instead, what I'm going to do, uh, or what God's going to do, is that he wants you to learn it by experience. Because if you learn it by experience, you'll understand the principles upon which it works. Whereas if I just give it to you overnight, like winning the lottery, like, oh my goodness, Oprah read my book. And now, <laughs> That's and right. now, I'm, rich, now I'm rich and famous. And, 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 and now you can tell everybody how to get rich and famous, which is go down to 7-Eleven and get yourself one of these. Yeah. So Useful like, for like, very few people, of course. Yeah, right. And it's like and the problem with somebody who, you know, writes a book and then Oprah reviews their book and all of a sudden overnight they're an overnight success is that it's like it's like um it's not repeatable. It's like it's like, you know, you know, or you know, the guy who wins America's Got Talent and happens to get the record record deal, you know, he doesn't understand the principles upon which, you know, a a, a a working living within the music industry works for normal people who don't get the amazing miracle break. So there is a reason like God, I, I get this sense that God doesn't want a bunch of empty minded, empty souled, you know, people who have everything handed to them. He wants people to grow up to be like him. So it's like, it's like, like, like if you, you know, if, if you experience it on your own, like Nephi, it's like, what did he learn through the three attempts? Well, you know, you know, trying to buy your way to, to finding the word of God isn't going to get it for you. You know, just asking the world isn't going to get it for you, but going, not knowing beforehand, the things that you should do and trusting God and following the spirit that works so if he hadn't had the whole experience he wouldn't understand some of the principles around you know so it's like when we look back in history and we find people we, you mentioned joseph and you know you look at the early apostles um other people and it's like you know they're trying on different ideas they're doing different things it's like and see we people will take that as an excuse to not believe like, well, because they didn't do it perfectly, because they didn't see the vision completely rightly immediately, well, then God can't be in it. But what I, but I guess that goes back to the theme of our podcast, Jesus in this mess. It's like, it's like, no, it kind of seems like he's in the mess, right? He's, yeah. he's, he's, he wants there to be a bit of a mess. And he's okay with it being messy because he wants kids who can learn to clean their own room with his help. 
You know, it's like if you got a kid and he, oh, I'm not used to cleaning my own room. My mom always cleans my room. You want me to clean my own room? You know, and you come in, you say, hey, I'll help, but I'm not going to do it for you. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. I want you to learn how to do it, you know, uh, what the principles are. And, of course, one of the principles will always be in spiritual things that you need God. It's not that he's going to teach us and then walk away. But um, that's, I think that's important to realize that this is how spiritual things work. So, you know, so when you see some, some, some person, let me say this last thing, sorry. Like what I have found most of the time is that people will see somebody in whom they find light. But if that person is doing outward things that they don't understand, guess what they'll believe? They'll believe in what the outward thing is. I have watched this personally. Like I have watched people do this and it, it has astounded me that people will see somebody, they will feel the light. But instead of thinking to themselves, this person has something good and I see it and I'm going to believe that what they will believe vast majority of people is they'll believe based upon like, what's this Ezekiel guy doing? Why is he laying in the street? Why is he cooking his food over horse shit? Or, sorry, horse poop, you know? I shouldn't swear. I'm sorry. Why is he cooking, you know, his, you know, it's like, and and nine, probably 99 times out of 100, they'll be like, well, I'm going to go on based on what I see outwardly. And for me, like more and more over time, like I, I wonder if I've been this way, like quite a bit in my life. I, I don't know, but it's like, in my mind, it's kind of opposite. Like when I see somebody in whom I see light, I look closer and I watch and I watch and I watch until I can figure out why they have light, despite the fact that they're cooking their food over poop or like Isaiah, they're running around naked or like, you know, um, Dan or David, they're, um, what was the weird thing? Oh, David's, you know, dancing around half naked in front of the, you know, it's like, it's like, because in the end, that's what stones the prophets is, is judging based on what you see on the outside and not looking for the light that's in the person and judging based upon the light. I'll pass it back. Sorry. Long comment. No, that's no problem. We're about ready to wrap up, um, but I like your comment and it's, um, given to us and i'm thankful for the book of mormon i'm, I'm thankful for um layman and lemuel um for their example if they were just doing a show which i think they were actually living in life where they didn't um god did not give them understanding so when nephi comments i'm thankful for nephi too it's like they didn't understand the ways of the lord and that has meant so much to me because i realized it's a lot of my problem and everybody's problem. It's like, I didn't know that you did this. Uh, and so I've, I've had to train my mind. Like you, you really are God. This is how you help. And it doesn't feel so helpful, but then I trust. And then over the long run, you're like, Oh yeah. Cause God will say, is there any, any other way? Like the tribulations I've gone through and God will ask me, 
you because he tells me what's coming. I mean, just generally like a feeling like, ooh, it's going to get real nasty for us in 2024-ish and 25, 26. This is going to get pretty dark, and people already see the darkness coming, but it's going to get a lot worse. And God will, and I'll be distressed. Like, cause that doesn't make me happy. Um, you know, my poor brothers and sisters who they're trying to do their best, you know, they got their addictions and so forth. We all do. It's like they're, they're trying. Oh, and what is prescribed, Greg? And he goes, is, is there any other way? And I'm like, there is no other way, God. That's how you got my attention. You have to put them in tribulation. So the scripture, God chastens those whom he loves. Our spirits are like, please chasten us unto death. I am connected to this body who is an enemy to God, and I do not want to be an enemy to God. But this flesh of mine is out of control. The spirit's willing but the flesh is weak, and God's like, I got, I got something, and, and sometimes it'll work. And that is severe tribulations that shock people. Uh, it's like a shock therapy, and then they turn to their God. And that happened in 2011, uh, like in America, which is Babylon. Uh, historically, it'll be understood that that was like the center of Babylon, uh, the culture we're in. They shocked us with uh, some... Um, well-placed planes, I guess. Uh, there's controversy about that. But nonetheless, it got our attention. And people kind of turned to God. Like, yeah, we need to get back to our roots. And uh, now he's just got to bring more um, until, um, until he comes because um, we've become distracted. And he's allowed a system to be built. That we, and, and, of course, we built it with our collective hearts. So it's not like, hey, how'd this thing happen? Oh, that's right. We made some choices that weren't really great. But we're like little kids um, collectively and voting and all that stuff. So he is um, going to do that. And, and that comforts my heart. So like uh, they didn't know God's ways. Well, that's one thing now I know. Uh, tattooed on my heart, to, to use a phrase, uh, written on the fleshy tables of my heart, for those who uh, like more scriptural terms, is a message that says it must be that this these tribulations this hinge point in history if we're to see a terrestrial kingdom the earth renewed and a culture become jesus centric he has to bring the tribulations and he'll do it on his own time frames so i don't know 24 is what i'm hearing when not, not the whole thing happens that's just when it's going to be in history they're like whoa that was a big hinge point that's a that got our attention that's like planes flying into buildings, 2024-ish, 25, could be 26. I don't know what kind of profit, just uh, let's let's move that. It could be 25, 26. That's me because um, I'm being playful. Like what kind of prophet prophesies and says ish on the end of his prophecy? It's going to be 2024-ish, but I'm, I'm fully expecting it. it. It really will. It'll be kind of fun. Um, only fun because repentance is fun compared to sin sin seems fun but you know what's more fun than sin is repentance it's not immediately fun so it's kind of like driving to disneyland it's not immediately fun you're you're, you're driving 10 hours with your kids are we there yet that's not fun but you're going on a fun trip it's kind of miserable getting there spend a lot of money um, putting yourself in danger on the road to get to disneyland then you get out and then it is fun when you finally end up in a culture like, oh, so this is all of us? Yeah, this is all of us. All of us that what? That God has got gathered together to establish a new culture. We're like the Mayflower Compact. Oh, do we have to make a compact? <laughs> we got to 
there's so many, so much work we have to do, but we'll have compacts for the approximation of that. And this is what Jonathan and I are working on. We're called to be architects, engineers, and designers in our design. At least that's my story, my Jesus story, uh, and the others that I gather with. And we will put in place um, understandings um, so that we can have a culture where people do know the Lord. That's the, the thing is that we'll create a new system where people will be trained to understand that the Lord works with, and I'll conclude, the more truth you get, you're going to also get ambiguity. So if I was talking, I'm, I'm whispering to, now to you guys in the dust, Laman and Lemuel, um, the more truth you get, the more ambiguity, the more messy it gets, the more trust you place in the Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The more trust, the more vulnerable he'll make you, which then leads to more trust. And the more committed you are, like I'm going to go do this thing like your brother Nephi, the more risk God will say, I'm going to up the risk. I'm going to have to go, go back and get all your treasures. We're going to risk that. <laughs> well, then we won't. If I return to Jerusalem, Laman and Lemuel could say, there won't be anything left for us. That's right. That's how God keeps you in the game. He wants you guys to stay with Nephi, to be a pest to Nephi. You've got a role to play, but this is how God works. And uh, that's why some God leaves some people out of the loop, because he wants them to be his tribulation that's why he is keeping um what they call the king of assyria according to isaiah there's some people some dark people who are being kept in the dark he could just kill them like boom done but he's got a purpose for them so he'll he'll let them run their course and then they'll end up killing a lot of wicked people which sounds pretty bad but it's like no they get to go to heaven and then they'll sort it out up there i guess that's <laughs> that's my my best but i could be wrong so to close this up, in fact, I'm pretty sure that I'm wrong, so wrong about so many things. I'm pretty sure. Well, in fact, I said I'm really sure about that. And Jonathan's wrong about so many things. So when you come on Jesus TV and you want the word of God, it's found inside your heart. You might see little specks like, oh, I think that's true. I think it is 2024 or 25 or 26 or 27. I can see it. Or maybe it's not. Maybe like we're going to have 40 years of peace. We're all so wrong. It's just going to get better. Elon Musk, all the things he's doing is just a way to bless the world. And it's just going to continue like it has since the 1940s after the World War II. We've just prospered more and more. In fact, you could say all is well in Zion. Zion prospereth. You could actually make that declaration and be pretty straight on. Although I thought that was actually used as a kind of a sarcastic way of saying it ain't good <laughs> what you guys are doing right now in 2023. It's the death knell. It's coming. So anyhow, yeah, wrong about so many things. So you can just go to sleep easy tonight knowing that uh, Jonathan and Greg, you're probably wrong. Okay, Jonathan, I'll give you a final word if you have one. Um, I don't think so. That's All right. Well, thanks for joining us on Jesus TV. Jesus is in this mess, and he is. He's in your mess. He, uh, Jonathan and I know he's in ours. Let's see.